Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Teeson. Kat Carter had a meteoric rise in radio, going from her first job in Belleville, Ontario, to middays in Vancouver in less than three years. But after returning to her hometown of Toronto and Chum FM, she made the decision to walk away from the industry in 2018 to take care of her health. She's now the entrepreneur behind retail site and online community, The Radio Nerd. Broadcast Dialogue caught up with Carter to talk about sharing her passion for the medium and advice for broadcasters on how to avoid burning out. Let's just start by talking about how pandemic life is treating you. It's been a little stressful. I think that's kind of the case for everybody at this point. You know, a very busy household I'm in. There's five of us. There's a very busy toddler. So things have been a lot to handle at this point. And it it has kind of put a damper on my mental health in certain ways. Uh, My anxiety, my depression, just a lot of stuff helping that kind of pop up a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's been a little stressful, but you know, I think being in broadcasting, we've all dealt with a lot of stress and we're hopefully good at dealing with stress too. Yeah. I want to talk more about all of that a little further down the road in our conversation, but where I kind of want to start is with your love affair with radio, because this started early for you. It started super early for me. Like my family was always into radio. My grandpa who has now passed on, he was like a huge radio nerd. He loved everything about radio. He used to build his own radios. I've got a lot of his old radios that I was able to keep now. So I, I always started at a super early age. You know, we had the radio on all the time um, at home and in the car, and I'd just essentially be listening everywhere. And it, it helped me kind of feel less lonely when I was a teenager too. Especially at night, I have very bad insomnia. So having the radio on at night and having somebody speaking to me, it just made things feel a little less lonely. And that's when I really, really fell in love with the radio. And by the time I was like 16, I'm like, okay, I know this is what I want to do. And this is going to be what I'm working towards. And uh, hopefully it all works out. And it really did. So I'm very happy that I've been able to be a part of the industry. And now I'm kind of doing my own thing. I wanted to branch off on my own and just kind of leave the industry a little bit, but still be in radio as much as I could. So let's talk about your journey through the industry. Some people will know you from Chum in Toronto, but you're a loyalist grad. Where, where did that all start for you? I didn't want to stay in Toronto for school. I wanted to move away and, you know, be on my own type of thing. So uh, I went to Loyalists and I loved it. And I absolutely was able to learn so much and meet a lot of great people. And I got my career started um, also in Belleville, Ontario, where Loyalist is. Started at the station there and just kind of kept moving up and moving on and doing everything at the station, which is very useful to anybody just kind of getting in the industry. Because it made me realize that I didn't necessarily just want to be an announcer. At that point, I was like, oh, I love being a music director. And that's kind of where my career took me. When I uh, moved on to Vancouver, I worked for Virgin, and then we flipped to Zeds. And it was really helpful to, to have that time in a small market to kind of learn the ropes and learn everything and, you know, make, make your mistakes there before you move on to a bigger market. And 
after uh, almost five years in Vancouver, I came back home to Toronto and I was able to work at Chum, which was like such a dream for me. I'd say one of the biggest stations in Canada, for sure. I, I finally felt confident once I got that job at Chum. All those years before, I wasn't really confident in myself, and I, I should have been. But once I got there, I realized, okay, maybe I am good at my job and good at what I do. You had success early on. I think you were 22 when you landed your, your gig in Vancouver. Was there a little bit of imposter syndrome going on? What was going on behind the scenes with you that ultimately led you to leave the business in 2018? Uh, ooh, a lot of mental health issues. Um, I've been struggling with depression and anxiety and PTSD since I was about 16 years old. And at the time, I wasn't you know, taking care of myself or taking care of my health. I was kind of in denial that I had these issues and I wanted to try my best to just keep working through it, even though I just felt so, so terrible every single day and it was hard to get out of bed and eat and sleep and just everything was a huge struggle. And I finally realized when it got to the point where it was just so, so terrible and I knew if I didn't make a change that I, I might not be here anymore, that I was like, okay, I need, to, I need to leave the industry. I need to leave some of the stress behind. You know, sometimes I would be feeling very overworked and it was not helping my mental health at all. So I decided, okay, this is what's important. My health is important. I need to take this time to start to feel better and just take that time to rest because I think we all need that time to just rest every once in a while and slow down because if you don't do that you're you're gonna really struggle in life and you, you, I don't want anybody to go through this I really don't so it's okay to take a break I think that's one thing I'd, I'd like to say is it is okay to take a break you don't have to feel like you're you constantly have to power through everything how did you know it was time to step away because I think it's part of the working culture of radio that even though, you know, and I'm talking from personal experience, all those early mornings and late night events and shift work over the years can really wear you down. And I think the culture has been, let's just push through it and keep going and suck it up because it's what's expected, yeah. especially of on-air talent. How did you oh. know that it was time to take that break? Once I realized that I need to be focusing on my health, you know, instead of focusing so much on other things that weren't as important, which I could say work was one of those things, because at the end of the day, if I'm not healthy, I can't help anybody else. I can't function. I can't do any work. So I just knew I needed to stop what I was doing because I was so sick every day from the anxiety and the stress of going to work and exhausted from my long commute on the subway, which can be very stressful on itself and just all the work and all the pressure that is kind of put on you in this industry. It, it can be really hard, especially when you're, you know, new to the industry and you're kind of starting out. You want to show people that hey, I can do everything. I can do this. I'll take on this and this and this. And all of a sudden you have all this work piled up and it just gets way too overwhelming. So when you start to feel, you know, stressed or like something is wrong, you, you got to take a little bit of a break. Even if you take a mental health day, I remember early in my career, I wouldn't even use my vacation days. 
because I was like, nope, I got to keep working. I got to keep working. I got to keep working. So it was almost like I was working seven days a week, almost 12 hours a day to begin with. And I just, after a while, your body can't take it anymore. As you know, it's a, it's a tough time for media right now. And you had mentioned that, you know, the pandemic's sort of been taking a toll on your own mental health. For those people who might be furloughed or laid off or juggling on air responsibilities with childcare while working from home, do you have any advice? Well, it is, it is a lot. If you have somebody to talk to about what you're going through, that is a big help. I found the worst thing was to, to keep your stress and anything going on in your head inside because it just keeps building up and you know, even if you write it down or just have a friend who you trust to um, talk about your situation. And like I had said, if you can take a mental health day, please, please do that so you can take some time off for yourself. It's really difficult now, especially because a lot of people are struggling with money too. And the childcare thing, I don't know how parents are doing it, honestly. <laughs> like, there's four adults in this house with one child, and we're all like, oh, God, this is too much. So to those parents out there who are doing this full time, you are amazing. Remember to take a little bit of time for yourself, even if it's just five, 10 minutes to do a quick meditation. I find that really helps with um, anxiety and stress. I find those quick five, 10 minute meditations are so perfect if, you know, you can do them quickly in the morning or before you go to bed or even just like at your desk in the middle of the day, even if you're working at home and kids are taking a nap or something, <laughs> take a little time to, to do the meditation and it will help a little bit. So you ultimately decided not to return to the industry, but the radio nerd has been born out of that. Do you want to talk about how that idea came to you? Yeah. So I knew I didn't want to return to the industry because I just knew it wasn't going to be good for my health. So I said, well, I still want a way to be in radio without necessarily being in radio. And I thought, okay, what can I do to get young people excited about media and radio and, you know, vintage radio and boom boxes and cassettes and all this, this classic stuff. So I just started the radio as a way for lovers of all things radio to come together and uh, share their experiences with each other and just look at some cool pictures and videos and learn more about radio and more about the industry. And yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff on there. I, you know, I love, I love radio plays. So I wanted to share those uh, with the younger generation too, because I don't think that's something a lot of people, even my age or younger know about. And it's been, a, it's been a good success, really. I'm, I'm excited with, you know, what I've done in the past year. I just started it in April 2019. And it's been growing every single day. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's so many people out there who actually do love radio and they have the same passion. So it's cool to bring all these passionate people together in one place to uh, also communicate and network with each other. I know a lot of people have met each other through the Radio Nerd social media and all that. So it's nice to, to bring everybody together and to share my love and my passion and my joy of radio and, you know, all things vintage with younger people. So that's why I wanted to get it started. So it's part online store, but also it's a community. Yeah, for sure. The online store was kind of the main idea at first, but of course I wanted to grow it in a way where there was 
more than just the online store. So, you know, we started by selling, um, like we have on-air lights and microphones and radios and all sorts of stuff that radio people love. But now we also have like a full clothing line and lots of stuff on there. So it's, it's been good. It's been growing really well. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself, I gotta say. <laughs> Do you have thoughts on radio's longevity and where it fits in within, you know, the expanding streaming landscape? I know you've posted pictures of your kids with actual physical radios. But yeah. there's there's a lot of kids out there who really have not had hands-on experience with a physical AM FM radio. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of why I wanted to show him because I was like, oh, I think he's gonna love this. It's one of those things that, you know, me and my friends as kids, we all had our little boom boxes, we all had our little radios. So I wanted to share that because he will definitely be one of the few people who actually knows how to tune a radio. So I think if you do have kids, start showing them, you know, your old cassettes and your vinyls and radios, boom boxes, whatever it may be just so they have an idea of this old technology and you know all that stuff is coming back anyway now so it's a good time to do it because it's becoming more accessible again yeah i totally remember my grandpa showing us how to use the gramophone when we were kids <gasps> that's oh that's cool i feel like that maybe unduly dates me but <laughs> <laughs> do you have any thoughts you want to close on my advice would be for young broadcasters just starting out is to not be afraid to move around. That's a big thing in this industry. If I was too scared to move, for example, then who knows where my life would be right now. Probably wouldn't be as great, I'm not gonna lie. So be open to new situations and new ideas and you know, try new things at the station, you know, try out production, sales even, on air, try everything you can and then you'll really get to realize what it is that you're most passionate about in the industry. Also, don't be afraid to say no if you have too much on your plate. I wish I, wish I knew that when I was younger. If you wanna be in this industry and you're passionate, you will absolutely do a great job. Just keep that passion up because program directors can see that. Show that you're excited to be there and show that you actually care about what you're doing here and you will definitely have success in the industry because it doesn't matter how good you are, you have to have the right attitude and you have to be passionate. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Our thanks to the radio nerd, Kat Carter. You can check out her site at theradionerd.com. For Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, I'm Connie Thiessen. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.